Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Good Thursday morning. We got NFL on the mind tonight with the Chargers and the Raiders, but a different variety of football as we kick off our 7 a.m. Eastern hour. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. You know, when the college football playoff started, it was essentially controversy-filled from the beginning because it was going to be five power conferences for four spots. That was going to create a problem each and every year, but now the problems have mushroomed way beyond one power league being left out. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. Let's cut right to the chase. Kirk Herbstreet was on the show yesterday. He is the biggest cheerleader for the sport you're going to see. He's the most visible analyst in the entire sport. He's watched the entire playoff era. He's called the entire playoff era. And he says right now, it's a wreck. Our postseason is, is as bad as there is. Mm-hmm. And we have got to figure out a system that opens up opportunities um, that, that, like right now, let's just say the season ends January 12th. I can already tell you 2021, Ohio State's coming out of the Big Ten, Clemson's coming out of the ACC, Alabama's coming out of the SEC. In 2021, I can tell you 2023, Ohio State's coming out of the Big Ten, <laughs> Clemson's coming out of the ACC, Alabama's coming out. It's like, who's the fourth team? Is Oklahoma going to come out of the, of the Big 12? Maybe Keys boys out of USC get it together. Maybe maybe USC like if, if that's where we are. Is that is that right? Is that healthy for the sport? Think about this, fellas. We've had six college football playoffs to this particular point, 2014 on. Alabama has been in five of the six. Clemson has been in five of the six. And when Reese Davis announces the four teams on Sunday, Alabama will be in six of the seven. And Clemson will be in six of the seven, most likely. Key, is Herbie right? Well, look, here, here's what I would say about all of this sort of stuff. It, it's, you know, Clemson's gotten really, really good under Dalbo Sweeney, who was a receiver coach. They fired the other coach. He inserts a, a program in, in the way he wants to run his organization, and they've gotten the best of the best talent, whether it was in the Carolinas, whether it was as far up as New Jersey, as down south as the, the Florida area all the way through Georgia, they continue to just keep rebuilding, rebuilding, rebuilding. They were not around. They were not around 25 years ago, right? They just were just a team with a logo running down a hill. We were not talking about Clemson football. And then so you think about Alabama and the great Nick Saban. Alabama's always been on the radar as a powerhouse in college football. They had a stint where they struggled a little bit there. But when you start to look at Ohio State's, USC's, the Michigans of the world, they're the Oklahoma's, they're Texas's, they've always been the, the big blue blood programs of college football. It's not right to leave some of the smaller schools out in the situation. That yeah, can the BYU's play with the Power Fives and can the 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 Boise States play with the Power Fives that they've displayed in the past? Boise State beat Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl years ago. What I would say, though, is college football as a whole, the NC2A and the College Football Committee, has not been fair in these situations. But, hey, have they always been fair? No. No, not at all. Even as far back as the television rights, when they kept college football way back when from having their own television uh, games displayed on television to the point where Notre Dame had to separate themselves and go out and do their own thing with NBC. So it's always a moving target 
in these situations, and I think at some point in time they will figure out what the best situation is. I just, you know, I, I hear what Herb Street is saying. I, I, I wish that we would have asked a follow-up question about him proposing what system that he would put in place that he would deem to be better. You know, I, you know him saying, hey, 98% of this is already locked up. So even if we expanded another four teams, what does that leave it at? 96% of it is still locked up. All right. I, I, I don't know if there is a better system to put in place. And I know this year it tends to be way more subjective. Look, we've We've argued about this multiple times about the reasoning Florida has only dropped one spot. Team like Cincinnati is eight or nine and zero. Why are they in that position? Um, you know, it, it, I understand all that. It just it, it comes down to where you're going to penalize Alabama for recruiting the type of players that they're able to recruit and having their program at the level it is. You're going to penalize Clemson by making their schedule way more difficult to not have the best team in the college football playoffs. Um, you know, a lot of this has to do with the power of your conference, too. If your conference can recruit top-tier players, then the committee will look at your conference differently than if it doesn't recruit top-tier players. Um, so I know a lot of these things might seem like they're penciled in, but you are talking about the best recruiting classes. You are talking about the best top-tier talent, and maybe it takes away from smaller teams having their crack at it. Um, but that comes to out-of-conference challenging, unscheduling. So, I mean, not this year, but if you're able to – challenge out of conference and you're a smaller team that gets a chance to beat some of the bigger teams and you have your shot at proving that you can belong. I I think it's hard just to say we're going to replace it. What are you going to replace it with? I think that's the question, Zubin. Well, you, 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 it, first of all, you, if you're going to keep this play playoff format, you should 100% extend the number of teams. I in agree it. with that. It, four teams is cool. Extend it. Every other sport that we've watched, whether it's college basketball and March Madness or whether it's pro sports, there's not four teams at the end of the year. There's not four teams at the end of the year at all. There's so many teams that play in basketball, baseball, football, hockey. I mean, it's just why not look at that when you come to these playoff formats? Why not eight teams? Why not 12 teams? Who says that you can't do it? Who says that you can't shorten the season from 12 and 13 games to 11 games or so or 10 games or so and then add in more teams for those playoffs, especially if you are worried about the non-Power 5 programs getting a, a chance to play in this thing, the BYUs, the Coastal Carolinas, the U, UCFs, the USFs. What If you're worried about that, extend it or let them go off on their own and do what they need to do to form their own sort of uh, bowl series competition deal going on. I would say this. That's something that Kirk mentioned yesterday as well, Key. The eventual breaking away, he feels, from the uh, lesser conferences, the Power Five, essentially moving on and doing their own thing and having their own rules uh, to separate the haves and have-nots. We obviously know it's there. He was actually endorsing that move yesterday. I'll but say even, this. But even if that happened, those Wait, Zubin, even if that happened, those non-Power Five schools, those BYUs in, in, in those Boise states, they can play with the big boys. So you're going to have somewhat the same situation where I'm going to be able to tell you 21, 22, 23. It's going to be BYU. It's going to be UCF. It's going to be Boise State. They're always going to be in it. I can tell you that. I can forecast that out now because they're always good. Right. Here's the thing. I would and just, Zubin, I would say this, Zubin, on top of that, you say the, pack, the Power Five movement. What, what, what did we see this year? I mean, we saw the SEC – the Big 12 and the ACC essentially act as their own entity. And then we saw 
the, the Big Ten and the, and the Pac-12 follow each other with how they were going to address the COVID issue. Essentially, that's already happening. Yeah, I mean, I would just say I disagree with both of you and Herbie from this particular standpoint. When we had the bowl system, people were like, ah, we need a playoff. The bowl system's terrible. Then they had the bowl alliance, and people were like, yeah, we need a playoff. The bowl alliance is terrible. Then we had the BCS with computers deciding, and we said, ah, that's terrible. We need humans, not computers deciding it. So now they finally gave us a college football playoff. That's what everybody's been bellyaching for since the 80s. And now they finally gave it to us. And now people are like, ah, we don't like the way it's determined. Like they gave you what you wanted. Just shut up and deal with it. Right. Well, Zubin, you got to tweak it. That's what I was saying. Doesn't mean it has to stay the same. You could, this was a perfect opportunity in this pandemic, just like other sports figured out how to make it work. Extending in the bubble, the NBA, major league baseball, taking a look at some other things. The NFL doing some other things and adding seven teams instead of six, allowing more players on the practice squad and on the roster. It, you, you can make adjustments and changes. For whatever reason, college football said, no, we're going to stay the same. Fair enough. We'll see. We got the playoff we wanted, but it's turned into a too predictable of a playoff, and now we'll wait to see what the next evolution will be. On the way, take your pick. Normally, take your pick is QB versus QB, the top QB matchups in the NFL. But this week, it'll be a QB against one of the best young defensive players in the league. And we'll have the fellas take their pick on that after Jay has this from Dr. Pepper. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Fellas weighing in strongly on NFL games earlier this season, including that great Monday night instant classic between the Ravens and the Browns. It's Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. So essentially, we do this every Thursday. We take your pick with the best QB matchups in the league, QB versus QB. We're going to mix it up at least for one of them. Right off the top, fellas, here we go. Seattle and the Washington football team. Take your pick. Different version this go-around. Russell Wilson... Or Chase Young? Huh. I'm, I'm gonna take uh I'm gonna take Chase Young in this situation. I think Chase Young is is with that defensive front, you know, he's certainly gonna be up for defensive player of the year. He'll win defensive rookie of the year and he may win rookie of the year as a whole. Uh he's playing phenomenal out of his mind. This is why he was the, the, the overall favorite to be the number one overall pick, but Cincinnati needed a quarterback, so therefore they passed on Chase Young. He fell to Washington. Washington certainly got him a great one. Rich Paul has done it again, not only on the basketball side, but also on the football side and, and having Chase Young. I've been saying this all year. 
I got 99 problems, and Chase Young is all of them. Uh, even watching the way the Giants defense handled Russell Wilson, not allowing him to get to the outside, the Washington, that defense is on a different level. They've been playing at such a high level of football lately. I'm going with Chase Young in this one. All right, fellas. The NFL week actually begins tonight with the Chargers and the Raiders. That means Herbert versus Carr. Key, what do you think? Take your pick. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take it, Justin Herbert. I think Justin Herbert is is a phenomenal rookie quarterback who's just coming into his own, learning how to play the pro game. Had to go from shotgun primarily at Oregon to underneath the center in the National Football League has turned out phenomenal uh, in terms of getting the ball to his receivers. He's one of the best young quarterbacks that we've seen come out in a very very long time, and I think he has a real real bright future in the National Football League. I think he has a real bright future as well. I just know the situation the Chargers are in, even coming off that win against the Falcons before. I just feel like this Oakland Raiders team, their back is against the wall here. Uh, you're hearing a lot of rumblings about John Gruden, what's happening in Oakland, considering the way they dropped their last few couple of games. And they were once in playoff contention. Now they're kind of hovering there. I, I think this is a huge statement game for David Carr to come out and say, hey, we're not who you guys think we are. We're going to start trending back in the right direction. Indeed. We'll see what happens tonight. The young kid, Justin Herbert, against Derek Carr, the kid who's trying to prove to Gruden, you still need me moving forward. That's a juicy storyline, especially if the Raiders miss the playoffs. Brian Flores said just the other day that he thinks Tua can learn a ton in his matchup with the Patriots. Remember in week one, it was Fitzpatrick that was out there. So Tua will see Bill Belichick for the first time. Cam versus Tua, Key. You know, I, I think Cam needs a bounce back. And I'm going to take Cam in this situation. Um, I think he needs a bounce back. I know Brian Flores kind of understands what New England likes to do. He's a great defensive coordinator. They lost to the Patriots earlier this season. I, I look forward to him coming back. Julian Edelman is off IR. He's back in the fold. So I'm looking to see a different Cam team, a different New England Patriots go up against Tua and Brian Flores. I think this is a statement game for the Miami Dolphins to show that they are not only here, but they are a force to be reckoned with. I, I'm going to take the Dolphins in this one. Look, Cam has only thrown for five TDs. I know he's ran for a lot more. And that's still not, you know, the only dimension aspect of his game that you're going to actually qualify him on. But I just think the way that Tua and the Dolphins are playing right now, it's a huge opportunity for them to make a statement. I think they will. This is a battle of two embattled quarterbacks for totally different reasons. Trubisky and Cousins, Key. Ooh. I'm going I'm to take, take Mitch Trubisky. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go with Mitch Trubisky in this one. Mitch needs to have another game and, and play like he played last week. If he does that, then it's an indictment on, on, on Matt Nagy in terms of his understanding of what the quarterback position should look like. And you, when you bench the guy that was 3-0 and and now you put him back in the lineup and he comes out and has another big game, I have questions about your understanding of the position. I would love to see Mitch Trubisky get this win. I really would. It would just continue to build the saga of one of the best soap operas that you're watching on national television. I, I got a chance the other day to see Stephen A. Smith on, uh, I think it was All My Children, one of those shows, and he was so dramatic. And I feel like that's what happens every time I watch Matt Nagy speak. It continues to get more and more dramatic, especially if Mitchell Trubisky wins. With that being said, there's no way the Minnesota Vikings leave 13 points on the board. Kirk Cousins gets to win. Move on.
We'll move on to a very interesting matchup in the desert on Sunday. Jalen Hurts making his second career start against Kyler Murray. Key Hurts and Murray. I, I, I'm going to take I'm going to take Kyler Murray in this situation at the quarterback spot. Uh, you know he, he's got to continue to keep his team in the hunt. He's got to do a better job uh, in terms of delivering the football. Play much better than he's played the last several weeks of throwing the football. You know, I'm not so much worried about his scampering around and running. I want to see him throw the football. I want to see him get back to the early Kyler Murray early in the season. The interesting thing about this particular game, you got two guys from Oklahoma, one, both of them transferred, one from A&M, Texas A&M, the other from Alabama. They go to Lincoln Riley's air raid system. They have phenomenal college careers. They both are now in the pros, going up against each other for the first time, and – on top of that, Kyler Murray could somewhat emulate what Jalen Hurts is going to do, as well as Brett Hundley, his backup in Arizona, to give his defense a look at Jalen Hurts. I don't necessarily know that the Philadelphia Eagles will be able to do that for Kyler Murray. Key, I'm actually shocked that you're going to watch this game. I mean, who would – That's a wow. good game. That'll be a, two a good quarter, game. Two, two quarterbacks under 6-1, both cute. And they have Keyshawn Johnson's attention. I, okay, we're not a, the this small is not guys about are Keyshawn making Johnson, way, Key. We're making ways here, Keyshawn. We're coming up. With that being said, I think it continues to build for Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. I think Doug Peterson has found a gem. Even though he's been a little bit reluctant, I think he's going to look back on this and say, Jalen Hurts is a baller, and he's going to prove it again this weekend. This is interesting. Sunday night for the second straight week, actually in the span of less than a week, the Browns are going to be on standalone national television. Thrilling loss, if there is such a thing, to the Ravens on Monday Night Football. Short week, back at it against the Giants on Sunday Night Football. Want to quickly mention, Key, if this factors into your decision, Daniel Jones, hamstring injury, limited in practice on Wednesday. Joe Judge still not announcing whether he's good to go, but he was out there in a limited capacity. That said... Mayfield Jones, Browns Giants. Well, I'm taking I'm taking Baker Mayfield, and and Daniel Jones was limited in practice on a hamstring plus a little bit of an ankle injury that they discovered. When you talk about Baker Mayfield and you talk about Sunday night, the Dallas Cowboys get this: the Dallas Cowboys was flexed out of the Sunday night game for the Cleveland Browns. When has that ever happened? America's mm. team, everybody wants to watch the Dallas Cowboys, good or bad, but the Cowboys are out. The Browns are in. I think the Browns are going to take care of business. Baker Mayfield has played phenomenal this second half of the season, and I think that trend continues against the Giants. That's what happens when America, America's team loses Captain America and Dak Prescott. Look, I'm, I'm going to go with the Browns here. Um, Daniel Jones was sacked six times, six times against the Cardinals. That's the second highest total of his career. The first highest was eight against the Cardinals as well. I just don't think he's going to be mobile in the pocket. The real question should be, this should be Baker Mayfield against Colt McCoy because I feel like Colt McCoy, we're going to see him a lot more in this game if Daniel Jones can't go, and I'm taking Baker Mayfield with that being said. And McCoy has stepped up in the opportunities that he's had as evidenced by the game against Seattle, that shocking win in the Pacific Northwest. Last one, I mean, what more do you want, Key, here? Mahomes and Breeze. Well, if Breeze plays in his football game, it'll be an exciting game. They'll air it all out. It'll be in New Orleans. He's indoors. You don't have to worry about the cold. But I'm taking Patrick Mahomes. I'm not going to take a guy coming off the IR list with some fractured ribs because I don't know 
if those ribs are still hurting him as he delivers the football and squeezes it. I got to go with the guy that I trust mostly in Patrick Mahomes. I can spot you 14. I may be able to spot you 21. I got enough confidence in my Mm. weapons around me to come and get you. I'm going with Patrick Mahomes. Wow, yeah, I'm going with the leading candidate for MVP and Patrick Mahomes. I I just want to see how Drew Brees does when he gets cracked one or two times. How he gets up, you know, what that throwing motion looks like. If he's still sore, first game back, I'm going Patrick Mahomes. We're going to go off the board here a little bit. Sometimes it's not man versus food, it's man versus animal. This is a report that came out the other day that a farmer in South Africa was mauled to death by his pet hippo. The hippo, he said, was, quote, like a son to me. The hippo even had a name. It's Humphrey. Yeah, but Zubin. What? Zubin. Yes. What's wrong with people, though? Like, hippos are not pets. (laughs) I just don't understand what people. Named Humphrey? Tigers. Like, I don't get it. Like, why are you messing with wild animals? And and on top of that, this isn't the first time that the hippo went crazy on somebody. He attacked the son and the man before. His own son and the man who was the owner of the hippo. Like, what, what, what is wrong with people? Wait, he got attacked by Mr. Hippo? Mr. Hippo? How, how do you have a pet hippo named Humphrey? This is like Mike Tyson having three Bengal tigers. Like, why do people do this type I, of I stuff? Have no, I, I Where the hell did no this story idea. even come from? I, I have no this idea why people what? do these sorts of things, Zubin. It was in South Africa, and he got mauled by his. Now, see, do you really think that the hippo want to be caged in and treated such? Like, think about it. What? Tigers, any what? of that. You know, when you start watching the, the those shows and, and the people are whipping the tigers, man, a tiger, going he's going to retaliate at some point in time. He's going to get tired of you hitting on him. I mean, I... I People and they hippos and all these animals. I, I don't get it. I, I just don't get it. He he, key. He's like a son to me. And like I Wait, say, I'm watching. I'm looking. I'm looking online. I'm seeing him yes. ride the hippo in the wilderness, like in random like rivers. What if, is? If I can't what? pick, if I can't pick you up when you get out of control and throw you, I don't want it. I don't want you around. I don't want huge dogs. I don't want any of that. If I can't pick you up and get rid of you when you start to act a certain way, I don't want you in my household. I don't want you. Makes no sense. Very interesting name, Zubin and Humphrey. Very interesting name. Humphrey the hippo. Yes. Uh, Last thing. Don't evade the question. We asked. Take your pick. Man versus hippo. Man, stop, man. I'm, I'm Man, taking stop. a hippo all wins every damn time. <laughs> stop from the guy that demands we do the story. Hippo. Let's do Sports Center. <laughs> all right. Before we dive into football, though, Big Wood, I want to know you don't have any pet hippos or nothing <laughs> running around your backyard, right? <laughs> what? <laughs> what the hell are you talking about this morning? Pet hippos? No, man. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just making sure, man, because. It's some weird people out here in the world, man. That's all I'm saying. I'm just, I'm just checking. D Wood, D Wood, a guy in South dogs, Africa got, got mauled dogs. by That's his it. pet hippo. Yeah, do- dogs, dogs are okay, but when you start getting into exotic animals, we got to have a conversation. Zubin, 
Indeed. All right. So let's have a conversation, <laughs> Damien, about the Steelers. Uh, you know, Keith thinks the Browns are going to be able to maybe catch them with the schedules. If you look at both right now, there's a two game gap. If the Steelers win this weekend or on Monday night on ESPN, they will clinch the AFC North. They got the Bengals on tap, but it stands to reason they've lost back to back games. Ben Roethlisberger told the fan base to chill, but he also said, Damien, very interestingly, if the playoffs started today, even I would be a little bit worried. Yeah, Zubin, I mean, listen, when you – I think, first of all, I, th- I do think he does He does have a good point. The schedule has been crazy for the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, playing on a Tuesday and the bye week's been all thrown off. So that's play- played into it a little bit. But when you look at the Steelers and, and how they're playing, they have no balance on offense. They don't. They- their run game is non-existent. And as Key would tell you, this time of year, you do, you do need some semblance of a running game because of the weather. Uh, the passing game is dink and dunk with Big Ben. He gets the ball out quick, but those ball, there's not a lot of explosive plays in the passing game. They've sustained some injuries on defense. So when I look at the Steelers, I'm not in full panic mode, but I do have some concerns about their team right now. When you, when you look at them, though, in the way they've been playing over the last couple of weeks, they've dropped two, two games. Obviously, the Buffalo Bills, they just didn't. They didn't look good at all. Do you have any confidence whatsoever that as time goes on, they will get it together and they may be able to meet Kansas City in the AFC Championship game? Uh, listen, I'm a big believer in Mike Tomlin. I think Mike Tomlin is a, is a terrific head coach. They got a lot of really good veteran leadership. But I've always felt, even when the Steelers were winning, when they were undefeated, I never felt like they were the best team in the, in the AFC at that, at that point in time. I always felt like Kansas City was the best team in the AFC. And even right now, I think the biggest contender to the Kansas City Chiefs is the Buffalo Bills. I, I think that the Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen, uh, he brings an element uh, to the quarterback position that you're going to need to in order to challenge Pat Mahomes. He's a big, athletic guy, big, strong-arm guy. He has a lot of weapons on the perimeter um, that he can throw to. The defense is starting to, is starting to play better now. So in my opinion – it's the Buffalo Bills as a team that that's the biggest threat uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs. D. Wood, how likely is it that the the Browns actually catch the Steelers to win the AFC North? Yeah, I don't think the Browns are going to catch the Steelers. To be honest with you, you talking about a Browns team hmm. that uh, right now? I mean, they're. <clears throat> They've already lost. They've lost to the Steelers. They've lost to the to the Ravens. They need to win. They need to win one of those. They need to dethrone, win one of those games against their, their chief rivals in the division. So, I think with this this few games left and on the slate, I don't think they're going to catch the Pittsburgh Steelers. I know the Pittsburgh Steelers had the Bengals this week, I believe. Um, so I don't I don't think they catch the Pittsburgh Steelers. Damon Woody, ESPN NFL analyst, joining us here this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. There's been a lot of chatter coming out of Tampa Bay about the criticism that's being handed down to Tom Brady. Bruce Arians went on defense about the critics, probably talking about some people at ESPN, about the quarterback being, you know, put on blast about his play. What do you make of him defending his quarterback, even though he had harsh words to some earlier in the year? Well, Key was like, I I literally had to laugh because he – He's the same guy that was, like you said, putting your quarterback on blast, but then wants to go after people about criticizing the team and what's the identity. 
and he's been the he's been the main culprit. So listen, it just get, it just made me laugh a little bit. But when you look at the uh, when, when you look at the Tampa Bay Bucks, hell, the kicker missed uh, a count of Dan Bailey missed three field goals in the extra point. That's ten points right there. So you know they're lucky to win that game against the Minnesota Vikings. Tom Brady did look better as the game went on. They still have issues as far as you know, completing those deep passes down the field. I don't know what their identity is on offense. I know Bruce Arians said, oh, we could do everything. We could do everything. But, yeah, but at this time of year, you do need something to hang your hat on. So, for me, there's still question marks about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jalen Hurts takes the Philadelphia Eagles down to the desert to take on Kyler Murray this weekend. Brent Huntley, Kyler Murray can certainly show what Jalen Hurts can do on the scout team side for his defense. The book is could the book be out on Jalen Hurts now that there's one game under his belt? I don't know if the book is going to be out. I I, I I tend to think key that he's going to get better with more experience. I mean, listen, he had you know going into the New Orleans game, that was his first week of getting all the reps, and he went out there and had a you know pretty good performance against the best defense in the National Football League. So now moving forward, he's going to continue to get the reps hopefully continue to get better as more experience he gains. Um, that's the way I look at it. Now, it's going to be a tough test going out there in, in the desert against Kyler Murray and all the things that he brings to the table. D-Wood, speaking of one of the best defenses, let's actually speak about one of the best of all time, the GOAT conversation. What do you think about Aaron Rodgers saying since there are so many greatest of all times that you can put him in the conversation as well pretty much? Well, he was right. You know, everyone. Somebody does something spectacular. Oh, he's the goat. You know, whether it's football, basketball. I mean, when you say greatest of all time, you can't have that many greatest of all time walking the earth. Like to me, greatest of all time, Jordan is a goat. Serena Williams is a goat. You know, Tiger Woods. You know, that's greatest of all time. We can't. It seems like every time somebody puts in a great, a, a really good performance, oh, he's a goat. So yes, he has a point. There are guys in football, you know, particularly at the quarterback position, you know, Tom Brady is the greatest winner of all time. Is he the greatest quarterback? I don't know, but he's the greatest winner. Aaron Rodgers may be the best, you know, the best talent that we might have seen at the quarterback position. So there are different things, different slots that we can put guys in, but we throw around GOAT way too much. Damon, we got about 30 seconds to go. If you're the New Orleans Saints, you got three healthy quarterbacks. Who would you start this weekend with Drew Brees coming off IR? Man, I'm going with Jameis Winston because you can't game manage your way to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And to me, that's what Taysom Hill is. You, he's limited in the passive game. He's a Swiss Army knife. He can do a lot of things. But at the end of the day, Key, you got to score points against the, against the Kansas City Chiefs. They were down – 10 nothing to the Miami Dolphins in the first quarter. By the time the third quarter came around, they were on top of the Miami Dolphins 30 to 10. That's how explosive they are. You're going to need some of that in, um, you know, in the passing game. That's Jameis Winston for me. It's going to be a great matchup on Sunday, the one we're all looking forward to, if we can get Mahomes and Breeze. Damian, thank you so much. All right, take all right, it easy, Big D-Wood, get that hip out right the now. backyard now. D-Wood. Nothing like that, Keith. Damian Woody joined us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. We're also brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. 
Call or click today and find out if we could save you hundreds on your car insurance. On the way with a controversy. Zoom in. Yes. Zoom in. <laughs> how, how, how would you fight a hippo? How would you fight a hippo, Zubin? How would you, tell me what your tactics would be. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I don't think there's anything funny about a guy being mauled by somebody. That's my oh. opinion. Oh, oh. oh. Sorry. Oh. Zubin. Sorry. I'm That's not, just my oh. opinion. Okay. That's, I don't want to be a buzzkill. Right. That's just my opinion. On the way. All right. Controversy-filled college football playoff coming on Sunday. One conference commissioner really wants this to raise controversy by saying, let's go back to one of the most controversial things the sport has ever seen. He's on the way with his comments after I remind you, beginning Tuesday, January 5th, Mike Greenberg starts his show, Greeny, immediately following us on ESPN Radio. Greeny taking you inside the stories of the day as only he can. The newsmakers, you'd expect Greeny to get A-listers and interact with you every single weekday from Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin right to Greeny weekday mornings on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. And from A to Z is brought to you by Dell. Dell Technologies end of the year sale helps you save big on the latest business computers with Intel Core processors. All with free shipping. Call 877-ASK-DELL. So we normally hear from the big Power 5 commissioners trying to politic for their teams to get into the playoff. Well, right outside the Power 5, of course, is the AAC, which is the American Athletic Conference, home to the Bearcats of Cincy, who on November 21st last played a game. They haven't played in a couple weeks. They ascended to as high as 7 in the college football playoff rankings, but because they've been inactive each of the last couple of weeks and the committee chair, Gary Barda, says they haven't had a chance to evaluate them, they've actually dropped them one spot each of the last two weeks despite not playing but being undefeated. Oresco is furious at this. He feels like they're not getting an equal share, an equal opportunity to even just sneak in. And he told Paul Feinbaum, it's time to go back to the future. I never thought I'd say it, but if uh, this continues, I'd say let's bring back the BCS and the computers because it, it would be a fairer system than what I'm seeing now. I mean, this is the seventh year, and it does appear that the deck is stacked against us and, and against other, other G4. Um, I think the committee is you know, honestly undermining its credibility with the rankings. 
that, that to me defy logic and common sense and fairness. I'm not the only one. I mean, I think there's been universal criticism. I mean, I saw tweets by Tim Brando, Greg McElroy, Jay Billis, Stuart Mandel, Pat Forty, Danny Cannell, Nicole Auerbach, and others. It was it was pretty much universal. What he's saying there is all those people either wrote or mentioned that this week's rankings don't make any sense because of what happened to Cincinnati and that Florida fell just one spot after an inexplicable loss but remains above the Bearcats. Key, fair? Lazy, 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 lazy. That's all it is. They're, they they just want to they, – they're in the room and not really paying attention, obviously. Uh, Florida loses and they drop one spot. It doesn't – it just doesn't make – a whole lot of sense. I don't care who they lost to and how they lost. They lost. They got two losses on the year. I just, it's whatever. It needs, college football needs to be over with already and let's move on to 2021. Yeah, Zubin, I, I don't even know how you put this into words. I mean, I don't even know how to, <laughs> it, it, it's it's pretty apparent it is what it is. And it, it, it's been this way and it's unfortunate. That's the world we live in. Uh, there's a lot of money at stake. And uh, as much as, you know, we say, hey, we, we have it right with college football playoffs. This is what's in line, and this is how these guys think subjectively this year. I would just say two things, I think. One, you can't just go out there every Tuesday and say things like, you know, we watch a lot of football. Well, guess what? A lot of people watch a lot of football, and we're just like them. They're suits. I'm not going to question the players or the coaches in the room, but you can't use the excuse, we watch a lot of football, so you got to trust us. And the second thing, I don't want to say this in a negative way, like a lot of these guys just can't properly enunciate themselves. When you hear Gary Bart out there, (laughs) right? They need to have a spokesman, right? They need to have somebody that's sitting in the meeting with all these people. You see it at the White House for a president. The president doesn't have time to go out there and deal with the press every day. So somebody goes out there and speaks on his behalf, and generally speaking, that person can give a cohesive argument about what the president is saying. Same thing here. If your spokesperson is an athletic director that's not used to being in the public spotlight or public speaking, just get somebody in there that can do that well and enunciate your points better, and you won't be taken to the woodshed every Tuesday. Mitchell Trubisky has been taken to the woodshed for most of his career in Chicago. Uh, The Bears' offense is being tailored more to his skill set now. Is it too little, too late? Here's Mitch. You just got to get the ball to your playmakers out in space and 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 stretch the field horizontally um, and vertically, but also keeping the defense off balance. And I think the change in tempos really helps this offense. I think moving the pocket really helps me and helps our offensive line and also help, uh, helps create run lanes. So these are things I'm very comfortable with, things I've been asking for, um, and I think everyone's buying into it. Key is- the things I've been asking for and everybody's buying into it. Huh. Things I've been asking for and everybody's buying into it. So I've been asking for for quite some time and I haven't been getting it. So therefore, my play has suffered. But now that the coach is on the hot seat, he's starting to insert what I've been asking for. And I'm playing better to save his job. Interesting. Key, what if the Bears find ways to start winning games? Do you still think it's all said and done, it's done for Matt Nagy? It feels like there's still a sliver of hope for him to hold on, even though I know Chicago Bears fans will lose their mind. But if he starts to play well, there could be a chance you could see Matt Nagy back in the same position as a head coach for this team next year. He's still a head coach right now. He has not gotten fired, and and indications based on what we've seen says that he's probably going to be let go. But who knows? I don't don't know the the thought process – in Chicago in terms of the ownership, what they want to do with Ryan Pace as well as Matt Nagy. But 
It's interesting that Mitch Trubisky says, I've been asking for these things to fit my skill set, and I'm finally getting them at a time when they need me. Before, it was kind of like they didn't need me, they didn't want me, but now they need me to perform at a certain level, and I was able to do that last week against the Vikings, uh, uh, last week, because you guys allowed me to do that against the Texans. You allowed me to do that. Now I'm getting ready to roll it out and do it again. Sounds that, That's very interesting to me, and that would be an indictment on Matt Nagy's ability to understand what a quarterback needs and who a quarterback is when you're supposed to be a quarterback expert, guru, offensive coordinator, but yet and still the guy that, not you, but the Bears selected with the number two overall pick, you decide to go away from at 3-0 and because you didn't like the way he was playing within your system. Even though, I'll say it again, he said they're doing things finally, basically, that he's been asking for. Strange. Just strange. Mitchell Trubisky has won four straight starts against the Vikings dating back to 2018, had a 71 total QBR in those games, one touchdown, two interceptions in those games as well. Stats Incredible brought to you by My Computer Career Training for a Better Life. Fellas, this is a huge game for both teams. There's a lot of attention on Chicago, but it's also a big spot key here for Minnesota in our final minute. It is. It's big for Minnesota. Minnesota's trying to stay right in the thick of things, and and they've got to beat – a Chicago team that just took the Houston Texans to a wood to the woodshed. They lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on several missed field goals, and, and so when you start to look at Kirk Cousins and that defense has got to come and play. We've been waiting for them to kind of hit their stride all year long. One of the most disappointing teams in all of the National Football League, considering their offseason moves, considering what they did in the draft, considering paying Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins that they would come back and have a nice playoff run, and they may be on the outside. On the way, fellas, all the Steelers have to do, all they have to do is beat the lowly Cincinnati Bengals on Monday Night Football, and they win the AFC North. So why does Key think the Browns can still run in the back door and win the division? Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.